Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Uh, give us a call, 208-991-4783, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Uh, well, today's episode is brought to you by the support of our listeners. Thank you so much for all of your support. And we begin a new series today, Pete Kelly's Blues. Uh, it's, uh, it of course marks uh, a return of Jack Webb to the starring uh, role uh, in our uh, series. The first 40 weeks we had uh, Jack Webb in uh, uh, first Pat Novak for Hire and Johnny Madero. And then uh, as the first Jeff Regan uh, before making way to Frank Graham. Uh, in some ways, this series will have some similarities to uh, uh, to the earlier uh, shows, inter- particularly Pat Novak. Uh, it was created by Richard Breen, uh, who also was behind Pat Novak for Hire. It took a look at an era uh, in history that Webb was particularly interested in, as well as music. Uh, in Pete Kelly's Blues, set in a 1920s, Speakeasy, where Kelly and his band, the Big Seven, try to survive in the midst of prohibition. Unlike with Pat Novak and Johnny Madero, Pete Kelly doesn't advertise for trouble, but he certainly does get it in spades and has to find his way out of it. Usually there's some sort of mystery or search involved, but that's not always the case. The stories are punctuated by several jazz numbers each episode, and he got top talents to provide it, uh, including uh, Meredith Howard uh, playing the role uh, of uh, uh, Maggie Jackson, the singer at Fat Annie's, uh, who uh, is at another uh, speakeasy that uh, Pete Kelly often ends up going to. The series has got a similar uh, feel to the Pat Novak series, uh, and we'll eventually hear Tudor Owen, who, of course, played uh, Jocko Madden, Madigan in Pat Novak for Hire. Uh, the series does tend to be probably one of the more uh, downbeat shows that we'll play, and uh, I'll caution in advance for parents listening with families, this one uh, is a little, is an especially uh, violent episode, so uh, parental guidance is strongly encouraged. So with caveats provided, here now is the premiere episode of Pete Kelly's Blues. From July 4th, 1951, here now is the episode Gus Trudeau. This one's about Pete Kelly. This one's about him. It's about the world he goes around in. It's 
about the big music and the big trouble and the big roar of the 20s. So when they ask you, you turn right around and speak up. You tell them this one's about the blues. Pete Kelly's blues. Pete Kelly's Blues, starring Jack Webb, with story by Jim Moser, music by Dick Cathcart. Number 417 Cherry Street is a standard speakeasy. The help is paid in cash, and the books are burned at the end of the month. Every week, we use 30 cases of booze and a pound of coffee. After salaries, there's gas and lights and a payoff to the Prohibition boys. In Kansas City, the price is good. For a hundred bucks, they steer in the drunks and make one rate a year. The place is run by George Lupo. He's a quiet little guy who wouldn't give you the sweat off an ice pitcher. The beer's green and the gin's as young as yesterday and the music's loud. I'm Pete Kelly. I play cornet. We start every night about 10 o'clock, and we play till they sweep out the broken glass. We don't draw any customers. We don't chase any away. The music is straight New Orleans. It started in the front parlors of Storyville and drifted north. Some of it laid over in Chicago. That's where I got on and rode it out here with a piano player named Rosie. He's still with the band, but last night he was barely with it. We took a break about 11... Rosie was late getting back. He might as well have stayed in there because he kept looking around the room and the way the piano sounded, you'd think he had on a catcher's mitt. All right, let's take five, huh? <laughs> Sorry, Pete, I'm a little behind tonight. You haven't left the station. What's the matter? I'm nervous. Take a look around. Near the door, back this way. Place is full of cotton. Oh, forget it. Have Jake open a couple of windows and take a walk. Get yourself in shape. Not till I find out which way to fall. These boys are here for heavy duty. I'll learn that out in the kitchen. All right, let's step behind the stand. Come on. All right, what about it? You know Dutch Courtney? I drink his beer, that's all. Somebody shot Courtney up tonight out near Highway 40. Well, that's too bad. He'd have drawn a good crowd downtown. Who killed him? I don't know, but whoever he is, he's in for a big night. The police are trying for him, so is his partner. Well, let him play. How does our place fit into it? I couldn't guess. We'll soon find out. See the big guy who just walked in the door? Yeah. Boss cop? Almost. Said he knew him, Dutch Gordon's partner. Yeah. Come on, we better get back in the stand. Mm-hmm. All right, won't be long now. Hot, dry up. How's your old man? All right, hold on now. Here she comes. Hey, 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 hey. I'll hear you later. Come on. Yeah. 
You hear about Dutch Courtney? They picked him out of the mud tonight. It means nothing to me. It does to me. Dutch was a friend. Well, if it'll help, try. I'm short on time, Kelly. Give me a rundown on Gus Trudeau. There's nothing to say. He played for a while and he went to the boneyard. You know him. You know his sister. You'll have to ask Courtney about that. I haven't seen her since the old days. You know Gus well enough to figure he didn't like Dutch Courtney. He didn't like him one pound. Well, you can't blame him. Dutch sidestepped and paid Trudeau's way to jail. Bookkeeping. I don't know anything about it. All right, look, Newman, you're on the wrong track. Now, this is a job killing. Your boy got frisky and somebody sent down a Chicago gun. The price tag shows. Sorry, Trudeau's my pick. What did he hit him with? A high-powered rifle? Gus Trudeau's away up in Leavenworth. He used to be. Gus went over the wall this morning. When he shows up, I want him. Well, why pick me? I ask around. He'll head for you. He's broke. He'll need train fare. No, not if he killed Dutch Courtney. Somebody will give him a railroad. When they dragged the blues out of the back room and moved them up front, there were three of the best leading the parade. They were all blowing cornets. One was Buddy Bolden, one was King Oliver, and the other was Gus Trudeau. There was a lot of music, but not much man. He picked me up on a union date on the south side of Chicago and taught me how to play. He got into me for a Boston three-star cornet and gin for the rest of his life. When he got down to running errands for Dutch Courtney, I left for Kansas City. A couple of months later, Courtney needed a patsy, and Trudeau was it. He wound up with a five-year stand at Leavenworth. But Gus never felt right unless he was in trouble. Only this time, he cut me in for a piece, too. Well, I picked up a drink at the bar and fought my way back to the stand. Anything wrong? No. Did you finish the set? One more to go. Sensation. All right, let's do it. What's wrong, Pete? Friend of ours killed Dutch Courtney. All right, sensation. One, two. Dutch Courtney? Gus Trudeau. And what, prayer? Trudeau's in jail. No, not since this morning. Uh, which one of you is Kelly? I am. Friend of yours in town wants to see you right away. Who is he? He's waiting up at your room. Did he give a name? Just Gus. An hour later, I was still looking for an out. The muscle man on the side door went to the bar a little after 2 a.m., our base man, Red, loaned me his keys, and I slipped out. 
I got on to 12th Street, picked up his Erskine coupe, and headed up for my room. All the way out Grand Avenue, the streetlights were spending the rest of New Year's alone. Some guys with wide brooms were pushing at the confetti, and the fog was loafing down in Washington Square. When I got to my place, I parked the car in back and headed up the stairs. The college kids down at the end of the hall had their door open. The party sounded young. I was looking for Gus when I opened the door, but he had a substitute. I knew her way back at 18th and Hall Street. She was pretty in the fastest freight in town. That must have been a long time ago, but was somewhere along the line she'd run into a batch of Wednesday weekends and she wasn't pretty anymore. Hello, Pete. Where's your brother? I don't know where Gus is. That's why I'm here. I knew you'd be the first one he'd come to. Yeah. Now what about the break? I was up to see him two weeks ago. He didn't say anything about it. Pete, we gotta help him. I've been hearing that since I met him. You're the only one who remembers, Pete. You're the only one who cares. No, a lot of people care now. Eddie Newman wants him. The cops are looking hard. I gotta find him before they do. You gotta help, Pete. He was supposed to meet me. That's all I know. I'll wait for him. He needs a hand, Pete. He's in deep. Yeah, well, he's always in deep. Now, you do what you want, Madge. I ran front for Gus too long. I'm out of the habit now. Please. If Gus wants cover. He can look for a police station. Gus can get away. Some money and a car. That's all he needs. Gonna take more than that to get out. Every cop in town's working tonight. Give him a chance, Pete. Help him. No, no, thanks. Gus has been good to you, Pete. He taught you music. He's been nothing but good to you. I'm paid up. I bought his gin for him for five years. Well, then do it for me. What I used to be worth. Now, Madge, it's old. That was 80 years ago. I can't help Gus. Do it for me. I haven't changed that much. I have. You're still the same. You've been working at it. You remember. Yeah. Oh, it's the same, Petey. It's just like the first time. You never had a first time. How about a drink? Will you help me, Pete? Find Gus. Get him out of town. Ten bucks. As far as I go. Ten bucks and a quarter. Now I'm getting off. Where are you going? Back to work. Tell Gus to take care of himself. Hold it right there, Pete. You stayed too long in Chicago, Madge. I bought the gun in Kansas City. Don't go for the door. You better give it to Gus. He may need it. We're going to find him. You're going to help me. All right, come on. Give me the gun, Madge. If I shoot, it'll hurt. Put it away, Madge. Come on, drop it. Ah. Who is she? We'll trade. Who are you? Cage. I worked downtown homicide. We got on the floor. Madge Trudeau. Tell me about her. I knew her in Chicago. After that, I heard she did favors for Dutch Courtney. After that, I don't know. She tired? What's she doing there? Looking for Gus Trudeau. Oh. Or is Gus? I don't know. I've been asked that twice tonight. Now, this is the third time around. I don't know. You probably will. Why? Why do I have to get into this? Because you're Gus Trudeau's friend. Well, then let him get another one. I'm tired of the job. I don't blame you, fella. You're going to come out of this with a lot of trouble. For instance? I'll make it simple. If Gus Trudeau shows and you hide him, we'll book you for aiding and abetting. Yeah. If he shows and you turn him over to Newman, we'll... Send you up as accessory to murder. Yeah. If he shows you, turn him over to us, Newman will probably kill you. Well, that's good. In the meantime, what do you guys do for a living? We're busy. We couldn't prove Newman killed you. It's after two. Get back to that club. And leave you here? I got work to do. Like what? This woman. See if I can get anything out of her. Yeah, it's been done before, but I'll bet ten to one in your case. <laughs> Go on back. I'll tidy up here. All right. Good night, cop. Leave the rugs. <laughs> I left Cage 
stood standing in the middle of the room looking down at Mads Trudeau. He didn't watch me leave, but I figured it wouldn't be too long before he turned that gleam back on me. I went back to 417 and I ran into our piano man Rosie outside in the alley using a smoke for a chaser. Happy holidays, Petey. How's Gus? I didn't see him. An odd hour of the morning, Petey, but I figure the fates are hard at work shaping up a few sordid futures. Cut the piano, huh? You've got a very limited selection. What do you mean? Before the general citizenry sits down to breakfast, you may get a reward. The eternal kind. Come on, what is it? I've got it all figured for the two of us, Petey. Today we'll spend our time dodging destinies. We'll hit for some small back room. I'll bring the bottled goods. We'll live on gin and sauerkraut and make the walls sit up and listen. One horn, one piano. The blues, Petey. We'll ride them into the middle of next year. All right, throw the bottle away. Will you just set me straight, huh? Across the river, there's two places, the High Life Club or Fat Annie's. You sure he's there? That's what the word is. I'll pass the hat down at the Union Hall for both of you. Discuss alone over there. Right now, but there's going to be a crowd. What do you mean? I told you. Yeah. When Eddie Newman gets back, i got to tell him. Well, I knew it was a silly move. Newman had a hundred guns on tour for Gus. Cage and the boys from headquarters were standing by for seconds. Helping Gus Trudeau was out of order, but I couldn't get one thing out of my mind. If Gus did kill Courtney, why didn't he pick up some travel money before he did it? It was backwards. If you're going to hang up your pants, you take them off first. Well, it was about 3 a.m. when I got down to the river and crossed over to the Kansas side. The High Life Club was smoked up and had a little of everything except Gus Trudeau. I looked in the kitchen and tried a back room. And then I went to the bar to see if I could drum up some talk. I had one taker, a boy with wavy black hair. He got up from a table of three others, walked over and sat down next to me. Huh? All right. Come in here, Alvin? Well, that's the first time. Welcome, man. I'll buy you a drink? Well, I'm all set. You try one yourself. Huh? I think drinking's all right, but I hate people to drink too much. Don't you? You work here? Well, not regular. Sometimes I dance when the other act doesn't show up. You're here alone or you're waiting for something? I'm waiting. For a guy named Gus Trudeau. You want his phone? I'm it. Where is he? Well, he left a while ago. I'm not sure where he went. Well, you get sure. It's important. Well, you mentioned someone named Bessie. All right, hold it. What are you here, Kelly? Get away, Newman. Try another stool. This will do. Well, if he asked you to leave, I think you should leave. Far boy, that's nice. Leave him alone. Who is he? I never saw him before. What does he know about Trudeau? Nothing. Now, don't kid me. You're not here to spend the time of day. You're here for Trudeau. You little friend. Where's Gus Trudeau? I don't have to talk to you. I'm a guest in this place. You're not anymore. Climb down and head for that door, both of you. <laughs> you can't make us do that. We're not going to lose. It's a split vote, Buster. I don't like the way he pushes. That's right. Just walk. I'll bet you look good. I knew right then, as we walked across the floor, I knew Eddie Newman wasn't going to leave him alone. He was going to pick at him, whether he knew anything about Gus Trudeau or not. It was going to get messy, and the boy with the nice eyes was going to help. Outside, it wasn't snowing anymore, but the ground was covered right down to the river. There was a moon out, and it looked all right, if you like nature. We walked over toward a bunch of trees. Newman's car was parked there. It was a black touring sedan with a strong-arm guy in the back seat. There was another one sitting on the running board. He had a machine gun across his lap. This will do. All right, now, let's hear about Gus Trudeau. I don't know anything about him. This man and I were just talking. Go easy, Newman. I never saw him before. Did you always talk to strangers? I'll bet he does. It's none of your business. Where's Gus Trudeau? I, I wouldn't tell you. Suppose I knew. I wouldn't tell you. Yes, you would. Nothing. 
You, you keep your hands off of me. Stop pressing, Newman. You don't care about Trudeau now. You just don't like this guy. Stay out, Kelly. Come here. Please, you. let go. Let go. Stop screeching. I'll you, break you. your arm. You keep your hands off of you. You pig, you dirty pig. You're in trouble, fella. Shut up. Well, he is a pig. His hands are all dirty and his teeth are dirty. I bet even his clothes are dirty. Oh, now, lay there. All right, Dave, move in here. Back away, Kelly. You're up, choir boy. No, no. Please, mister, do something. Don't let a thing like this happen. It already has, Buster. No, you can't. Tell me, Newman, did you ever find out about Gus Trudeau? Newman didn't answer. He climbed into the car and they drove off. Well, I stayed there for a minute to look at the guy in the snow. His face was unmarked. I did him a favor. I rolled him over so it showed in the moonlight. I knew his mother'd want him to look real good the night Eddie Newman's chopper squad cut him down. Well, it was getting cold out and the name Bessie had to mean Fat Annie's place up the river on the Kansas side. I made it there and found Bessie. She was back at the piano, wandering around somewhere in the middle of the blues. You couldn't miss that voice if she took up yodeling. Bessie Smith. I've got those Kansas City blues Since my man has gone away Hi, Pete. Bessie, what do you know? Run back, Pete. Go up the stairs, the loft. Way up at the top. All right, thanks, Bessie. I felt my way out and around back and up a couple of flights of stairs that didn't creak in time with the music. There was a door at the top and I pushed it open. He was hunched back on a pile of hay in the corner. He sat up and blinked a couple of times. There wasn't much left, just the frame. And rattling around inside a lot of tired echoes that wouldn't lay down and die. There was an empty gin bottle on the floor. Petey, I knew you'd get here. Yeah, well, I didn't make it easy. You're looking good, Petey. Everything's six to an even, huh? You forget easy, Gus. You're in the jam. You broke jail. Yeah, I told him all about you after Petey. I told him there's another Gus Tudor blowing down to Kansas City. I'm proud of you, Petey. Yeah, sure, Gus. You're just like me, Pete. I told him all about you. You're the only good thing I ever done. I knew you'd come through. A car and some money, Pete, it'll do everything. It'll make it all new. Is it too much to ask? You tell me, Pete. They want you for Dutch Courtney. You know better, Pete. I didn't kill Dutch. You had a reason. Yeah? Forget. He hung a frame on you, Gus. Five years worth, remember? I didn't kill Dutch. Get me a drink, huh, boy? No, not tonight. Don't preach at me. Just something to help me over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now come out of the fog, Gus. You're going to get a drink or a train ticket from me. You take your pick because it's the last time around. Just listen to that. Bessie's still going strong, ain't she? Yeah, and so are the cops. I got one idea for you, Gus. Get moving. You remember Chicago, Petey? You and Madge? Chicago always liked me. You checked out, Gus. Biterbeck's got your chair. They'll remember me and you, Petey. I found you when you were nothing. What are you going to do? Where are you going? I got it all set up. It's big and brand new. A place in Mexico. Yeah? The guy who bunked in my cell with me, his mother runs a place down there. 
electric just like it used to be. Yeah, well, you won't get there on a gin bottle. I got it set up, boy. Car and some money, it's not much to ask. You haven't got a drink, have you? You can drink in Mexico. Where are you dreaming up the car in the dough? It's fixed, boy. You just see this guy and tell him I'm ready. Abe Gaffney. He's got a place on Pershing Road. You know it? Yeah, I know it. Abe's doing all this? Just tell him I'm ready. All right. How's Madge, Pete? She's all right. Come and see me, huh, Pete? It's hot in Mexico. It gets hot here. What's the matter, Pete? You ain't sore, are you? No, I ain't sore. I'm just tired. I'll tell Gaffney that I'm checking out. Goodbye, Gus. You're not getting too big for your old friends, are you, boy? Friends are like everything else, Gus. Yeah? They wear out on you. Well, it wasn't any different than a dozen times before. I knew there wasn't very much left, but I wasn't looking for a second-rate ghost with an empty gin bottle. I crossed the river back to the Missouri side and headed down Main Street and then swung over toward Abe Gaffney's place on Pershing Road. It was pushing close to 5.30 a.m. The sun wasn't up yet and the night was too tired to care. I pulled up in front of the Murad sign in front of Gaffney's. Inside, a counterman with pimples and coffee was leaning on last night's paper. A beaded curtain shut off the hallway that led back to Gaffney's room. You want some? Yeah, Gaffney. Not here. Where do I find him? I don't know. I was supposed to meet him here. That's so? Look, this is Gaffney's place. Where is he? I told you. Now listen, Junior. Maybe you think you do a good imitation of Calvin Coolidge, but I want an answer. Where's Gaffney? What's your name? Kelly. You could have saved an argument. This way. Through here. When do you go to bed, Kelly? You still looking, Newman? I'm still asking. Where's Gus? I don't think you'd give me time to answer. There's a good reason why I let you walk away tonight. I gave you two hours all by yourself on the cancer side. I don't think you threw him away. You got a line on Gus Trudeau. I want it. I got nothing for you. But don't be silly, Pete. The cops get him where I do. He goes either way. You get no help from me. I don't want no help. I want Gus. Now, come on! Come on. Come on. I'll make you part of the wallpaper. You better send for Dave. I don't need him. I think you do. Now, don't bother to get up. I'm leaving. I don't believe Wasn't your turn, Kelly. When I got up off the floor, the room was cold and the lights were out. Newman was gone, but I knew he was still in business. I knew if he didn't find Gus Trudeau this trip, he'd come back for me. I got into Red's car and followed the radiator cap back to 417. I found Rosie back at the stand having breakfast. Did you bring an egg, Petey? I hate to drink on an empty stomach. Newman been back here? I haven't noticed. You look abused. Yeah. Anybody say anything? You were missed. You heard the news. What's that? They found the guy who got Dutch Courtney, a fellow by the name of Doyle, East St. Louis. Cops got the goods on him, gun, fingerprints, the works. Yeah. Well, it's been a long night. What was his beef with Dutch? Doyle owned East St. Louis. Dutch wouldn't believe it. Leave it to Gus. If there's a hole, he'll fall in it. Makes it easier on him now, doesn't it? Newman will call his boys off now? Well, somebody better tell him in a hurry. Did you see Gus? Yeah, I saw him. He's trying to get out of town. 
Pete Kelly? Yeah, that's right. Abe Gaffney, Pete. Well, you're a hard man to find. Newman came in the front door. I went out the back. This won't take long. Car keys. Money for Gus. No, you got the wrong guy, Abe. I quit an hour ago. Find it out with yourself. The car's out in the alley. It's a great chance. They tell Gus it needs gas. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can take this stuff to Gus. You know where he is. No, thanks. You take care of Gus. He's an old friend. What's the matter with you? I hardly knew him. The clock over the bar was leaning on 6.15. We got back on the stand and started the last set. Eighty pounds of stale cigarette smoke was holding up the ceiling and waving down in a dirty blue curtain over the dance floor. Behind the bar, one of the guys was wiping up. Two couples picked their way to the dance floor and pushed each other around a while. They finally gave up. Oh, the whole thing, it was all out of step. Wrinkled stockings, brown gardenias, torn paper hats, and Gus Trudeau. He walked in the door and stood off to one side, just back of the stand. All right, it's the last one. Blues and B-flat. Call tonight, 10 o'clock. You can pack up. Hey, Pete. Pete, over here. I heard you. You sound good, Pete. It's just what I told him up there. You're on your way, boy. All right, now you heard it, Gus. I got the money for you and the car keys. I'll see you, Gus, huh? You know what I told him? Another Gus Chudo's blowing down in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. I only got one thing to tell you, Pete. Don't forget it. Play like you talk. Don't lie. Happy New Year, Gus. Oh, hi, Madge. Hold it there, Pete. It's a family fight. Stay out. I thought I took that gun away from you. What's the matter, Madge? What are you doing? No, don't sell me that talk, Gus. Dutch can't hear you. What do you mean, Madge? You killed him. You blew your top and you killed him, just like you did everything else for me. You and the gin and that cheap brass horn of yours. You spent us all, Pete and me, and you ran through the whole bunch till you got to Dutch. Pete. I didn't do anything. You killed Dutch Courtney. I loved him. I loved him enough to square it. Well, you got it all wrong, Matt. Goodbye, Gus. I'll tell him to throw your horn in after you. Want to read the paper, Madge? You killed the wrong brother. Stay away, Peter. 
It's in the paper, Madge. Guy by the name of Doyle. He killed Dutch. They're not sure, are they? Yeah, they're sure. What'll I do? I got two things for you, Madge. <laughs> and the car keys. Now you see what you can do with ten minutes start. You didn't have anything more for Gus, did you, Pete? No. No, I guess not. Well, he made it. Yeah. Gus finally got out of town. Jack Webb was started by Jim Nozier and music by Dick Cathcart. Scoring by Matty Matlock. Pete Kelly's Blues is based on characters created by Richard L. Breen. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Welcome back. Well, Pete Kelly represents one of these great characters that Webb does so well. Clearly, he's somebody with a lot of uh, mixed motivations and feelings, particularly as he's dealing with uh, this uh, character who has done so much for him, uh, but yet, at the same time, has managed to uh, ruin his life and those around him. Kelly's not someone you can kind of tell what he's thinking, what he's about by just um, listening to him. Because he'll say a lot of things that uh, sound, you know, tough and hard-boiled, you know, as it's kind of his main motivation. But uh, there's definitely a real uh, mix in the character that, that makes him kind of interesting. I should note, for those who are curious... Uh, this series will be running for the next uh, total will be six weeks. Uh, so five more weeks after this week. Well, we turn to listener comments and me and uh, email. Jeff says, I'm turning 66 in July. Every time I hear about some new programs coming in a few years, I hope I will be here. Since my father is 93, I am sure I will be. Love the podcast and commentary. Uh, when I was younger, I loved Jack Webb, but since I grew up with him on TV, you know most of his dialogues. Uh, thanks for your commitment. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. And I don't know, you may have heard something uh, newer from Jack Webb. Well, that will actually do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Let George Do It. And uh, then join us back here on Tuesday for another uh, episode of Pete Kelly's Blues. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us over on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and give us a call 208-991-4783. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>